This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast if you like what you're listening to. $5 a month, you get ad-free episodes. Also, if you like listening to this show on YouTube, you can go to the Friendly Atheist channel on YouTube. This will be available there. And uh, if you are a $5 a month Patreon subscriber, you also get access to a bonus episode where we talk about non religion related things mm-hmm. um hello hello Hemet. how are you i'm good i have i know we're gonna have a weird schedule for the next couple of weeks because yeah. of christmas we'll do a year in review as mm-hmm. we have for the past little while um so i don't know what the schedule's like for us it'll yeah. come out um <laughs> you'll get it when you get it, nerds. get it um go talk <laughs> we, to your family we have for a given weekend. you one show a week come hell or higher <laughs> water for like eight years you'll get your shit guys stop giving us so much crap god <laughs> these ingrates there you go <laughs> i did have a little personal story here for uh my writing because i've been writing at patheos i mentioned uh for like over 10 years now daily non-stop mm-hmm. um patheos is done now for the atheists. They Mm. basically are moving in a direction where they are very pro-religion. Sure. Or at least not to the extent of uh, being comfortable with the criticism of religion. And they told us this a while ago, and they gave all the atheists who wanted to leave enough time to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's like no bad blood. They're a business. They got to do what they got to do. And they gave us enough space to like walk out and so that's one i'm kind of I've, i'm done with patheos it was my last day earlier this week oh boy how do you and feel is I, it weird it's very weird because i'm I, so used to daily every day just having posts kind of that's what i'm working on stuff yeah. for tomorrow and like did yesterday, you go to patheos no. in like 2011 yeah because i remember it's when that happened i was working at apartment savvy in chicago which is <laughs> i cannot be clear enough no longer in existence. Um, I was an apartment leasing agent. I worked only on commission. It was the worst job. But I, but we had a lot of time. You would just like wait for people to walk in so you can yeah. show them apartments. And so all I would do is fuck around the internet. That was when I was like deep into the chive, which was a really cringy part I of my life. That. Um, but that's when I started reading Friendly Atheist. And go. I remember when you went to Patheos and I was like, What's this sellout doing? <laughs> I didn't think that. Been, I don't care. I mean, they've been awesome. They don't. They never censored anything I wrote. Yeah. They let me do whatever I wanted, which yeah. is awesome. I wrote um, for them too for quite a time. And here's the the little uh, part two of that, uh-huh. which is for a while now. And I think I mentioned this before, but for a while now we've been working behind the scenes to create a new place, not just for the atheist bloggers who are now leaving Patheos, mm-hmm. but for other voices as well. And it's finally. Uh, up to the point where we haven't launched yet, but well, we can announce that we can announce the name of the site. It's called Only Sky because what Only else sky? is what else is there above us? Only Sky. Okay, and so that's the name of the site. Nice. And if nice you gang. go to the show notes for this one, uh, you can go ahead and sign up for updates from my page specifically, and for a bunch of the other writers that are going there. Mm-hmm. The plan is to launch in early January. And so the weird thing is there's this like two weeks where, oh, I'm under obligation yeah. to nobody. I'm still, what I don't know you, what to do. What did you do today? I Explains wrote why you showed up and I sent them off into the ether s- and no one's reading them because I'm just writing them. And I'm like, where do I post this? Hemet, I'll go to Substack, I you guess. You got to my house an hour and a half before our recording time. You have no idea what to do with spare I, time. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> I recorded a random video yesterday. 
It is very strange. You're like, um, I mean, luxury problems, I know, but it's like, oh, I have two weeks where I'm not really, there's no platform that's not my own (laughs) to just do the thing I've been doing every day for 10 years. So it's like, I guess I'll keep doing it until someone stops me. (laughs) I have so many metaphors running through my head, but I think the one that comes to mind immediately is you're like every dad who retires and then realizes he had no hobbies or life outside work. Yeah. The other thing is I used to read a fable about horses and they like to work so much that there was one horse they retired. Um, He used to, this is so stupid. What am I doing here? They, they used to use horses to run power. Like they would walk them in circles to turn a thing to make power. Like horsepower, but not exactly what that means. Yeah, sure. But sure. Um, and then, you know, they walk in circles all day and then they retired this horse and the horse was miserable. And then every time you'd hear the whistle blow in the morning, he would walk around a tree because he was so happy <laughs> working, which I understand now as an, adu- as so an adult. So what you're saying is I'm this far from becoming glue. Yeah. I mean, basically I realize now that that's just like capitalist propaganda that they were <laughs> pouring down my throat about yes. how even horses like to work. <laughs> now I'm, cu- I'm going to reread that story and see how it holds up. No, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm still posting uh, things it was weird. I'm writing, uh, I was writing longer things and I'm used to writing. Oh. It's like, oh, I have more time to just. I don't really dig into I'll, that prose. Yeah, I'll Bust dig into that for rhyming, oh, rhyming it's not dictionary. Pros. It's just a little more research intensive. <laughs> it's all good. But um, I would ask everyone to check out Only Sky. It'll launch in early January and you can get the, you could sign up to just to get the alerts when it's ready to go live. Uh, I'm telling you, just looking behind the scenes. There's a lot going on. It's way more exciting than just, oh, I'm logging at a new URL. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be way more stuff there. So I'm Is excited. there going to be like crossover between the bloggers? Like, is it going to yes. be more community based? Yeah, and it'll look more like a cohesive platform mm-hmm. uh, that looks way more um, internet uh, savvy. Oh, you mean the Pathos that hasn't really updated their interface since 2012. You don't think that that that. looks as good as it And on there, I live in my own little world and do my own thing. Mm -hmm. Now it's no, they're really, they have a digital team. They have a a editors, editorial staff. I want to be on the editorial staff. Right? Like they actually have people who know what they're uh, doing in terms of atheism, Mm -hmm. promoting secularism, Mm -hmm. humanism, progressive values in general. Uh, so yeah, a lot right. going on. I can't wait it's for you to Because I'm the second it. most famous person on this podcast and nobody like came to me and offered me a <laughs> job, which is weird. I don't have a job. <laughs> like I said, job. they just said, the retiring thing that you do and walking and search, just do it over here. I'm like, all right. <laughs> here, we're just going to swap out keyboards. Just keep right. typing, buddy. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> and I am a good little monkey. Okay, He's going to so. come up with Shakespeare any of these centuries. <laughs> Let, I had to bring this up first because it's the story that brought me so much joy. Oh. Uh, which is unusual for anything we talk about. And really um, unusual for you in general. Yeah. And also weird because it involves Josh Duggar again. I don't know how, but boy, everything in the world shake that boy, now huh? connects to him. Yeah. So uh, his dad, Jim Bob Duggar, remember he was running for Arkansas State Senate? I Kind of do. So just to give a little background here. Sure, for our listeners who weren't paying attention, not for me. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Jim Bob Duggar, who is the dad Mm -hmm. in the 19 Kids and Counting family, um, he was running for Arkansas State Senator. Why was he running? Because the current current state senator in Arkansas, in his district, uh, decided to quit his job and become a lobbyist. 
because he's Republican. That's where money is? Yes. Mm -hmm. And And so now there's a vacancy. We said the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) There is a vacancy. And so they're going to have a special election. It's not, we're not waiting till November. He retired mid Oh yeah. He's like, oh, you're giving me cash? Jesus Christ. Oh, so So. much dignity these men have. (laughs) So he's gone. So there's a special election being held, I think, in February okay. to re- to finish out his term. Fine. Um, that alone is not weird. So they had the GOP and Democratic primaries this week. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things where I think there were two Democrats in the race and four Republicans. Mm-hmm. And if you get 50% of the vote, all right, fine. You're the nominee. Wait till February. We'll have the real election. Uh-huh. If no one gets 50%, we're doing a runoff next month. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's kind of what the stakes are. And Jim Bob Duggar, two months ago, we're talking like, I think Halloween or that week, okay. says, I would like to jump into this race because yesterday this dude decided to leave. And it's like, Jim Bob, do you know what your son Josh has Take been up note, to? Take a Jim Bob, bud. <laughs> yeah. Um. Not only was Josh Duggar in the middle of his like second... Uh, Lawsuit? lawsuit's the wrong word, but like trial Uh involving kids. Criminal activity? Criminal activity involving children. So first he molested his sister several Uh years ago, but that only came out a little while ago. And now he was literally on trial for downloading and possessing like illicit child video stuff. Chris Risky. one sheriff said was the most, what, what did he say? Like most disgusting stuff I've seen in many years of doing this. I'm paraphrasing. So that's all happening in the background. We covered it. Josh Duggar was found guilty last week, mm-hmm. um, and he'll be going to jail when they sentence him in a few months. Okay. Hi. All of that trial stuff before the verdict is happening. Jim Bob Duggar's like, I'm going to jump into this race. The My- Duggar name has never looked better. <laughs> His campaign platform, it says he is pro-family, mm-hmm. pro-business, mm-hmm. of course, pro-gun, and pro-life, which... First of all, pro-life and pro-gun right next to each other, too. Very interesting. But also pro-family? Are you? Have you seen your family? We've done this before. We have done this before. And by the way, the Republicans running against him said the exact same thing. Oh, yeah? So you mean, <laughs> so you mean having a son who molested your daughters is beyond the pale even for Arkansas Republicans? <laughs> for like two of them, at least. <laughs> and by the way, we didn't mention this, I don't think... But one of his other kids, one of his other daughters, mm-hmm. was just a, a charged last week with child endangerment. Yes, that happened maybe 10 minutes after you left here uh, when you were recording. Right. Yeah. What happened there? Technically, the case is sealed, so the pu- details are not public. Oh, okay. But I think one other sister posted something on Instagram, and it gets around really fast. The story is Jana, who is like the elder girl in uh-huh. the family of three million kids. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, who is single and She's doesn't have kids. She's the first generation of Duggars. Right. She's single and doesn't have kids, so she, her job is to look after everyone else's kids. Oh, so she's mom number two. Uh-huh. And so what I a cool think, life she has, uh, man. So I think the story is she was looking after some of the kids fell asleep because it happens when you have to take after kids and look after them. Yeah, yeah. And, and when I there's think, 45 of them and one of the 45 kids must have gotten out the door and the cops found the kid. <gasps> Where? I don't know. Like it was a little kid runs out the door. And was she like, playing with Frankenstein like in Frankenstein? Yes. Cool. So that's why child endangerment. And part of me is like, if that's the uh. actual story I'm not even mad at her. I'm mad at her family for putting her in that situation. But also the headline is Duggar's other 
child right. is also has a problem with child endangerment. So that's the second one, not we're, Josh, yeah. We're now right? two for twenty one of of Duggars being problematic. Yes. Actually, I'm going to give Jim Bob three for twenty. <laughs> no, three for twenty one. Of Duggars who are Duggers problematic. make it impossible to and do fractions because no one the, knows the denominator. What's her face with the bangs is anti-trans, so that's four out no, of 21. No, that's all of them. Well, I know, but the only one I've heard them well, the say mom, it. Well, the mom. Yeah, is, the mom. That's what I meant. Did robocalls anti-trans I understand robocalls. now that when I say the one with the bangs, it's not intrinsically helpful because <laughs> that family loves kids and they love bangs. And they love dressing alike. Oh, boy. Um, okay, so here's the other thing you got to know about Jim Bob jumping into this race, which is it's not his first foray into politics mm-hmm. because he was in the Arkansas State House from 1999 to 2003. He served two terms in the Arkansas State House. And that would have been pre- the TV show. Pre the TV show. And when he only had 45 kids instead That's of 77. Right. And he actually, why did he give up that seat in 2003 because he had so many children to nope, raise nope, he was nope. busy no one cares okay he gave up that seat to run for u.s senate Ooh. and he got crushed in the gop primary and now he's got no seat anywhere Who and he that's crushed by um, i guess 90s i wouldn't I know don't remember. Uh, yeah i wouldn't know republican um, senators in arkansas in the 90s <laughs> what so are we talking about after he lost and he's not in politics anymore i think the show started not long after that uh-huh. but in 2006 he ran for state senate back in that time also lost in the republican primary and by the way that's the seat that's now held by jason uh rapert 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 don't repair. say repair because repair. people will come rapert. for us again yes yes so there's your background. Jim Bob is now one of four Republicans running for this seat in the Arkansas State Senate. And you would think, I mean, okay, all the Josh Duggar and child endangerment family stuff aside, this guy has, he's up against three people. Maybe they're known locally, but let's face it. This guy should have a financial advantage. Uh-huh. Name recognition advantage for sure. Well, a uh, social media outreach that has been built up over like a decade plus mm-hmm. from the show and everything. He has all the tools you would think you need to defeat three no name Republicans, unless again, local races are weird. Local races are weird. People know their local politics, well, maybe if you're into I mean, this sort of thing. Name recognition in like a gubernatorial race or a Senate race or something like that. That's, I think, going to get you a lot further than in your local race where likely somebody is connected to the candidates in some way. And so it's not as easy as like, oh, I've seen that show. I also thought if you're running in a local race, like even state Senate, but it's a local race in Arkansas, it's like, aren't half the voters named Duggar? Like, you got to have an advantage here somehow. (laughs) They've been... They've been stuffing the ballot box, but <laughs> it's just such a long-term plan. They have to wait till the youngest one is all grown up before their plan can come in full effect. And by that time, half of them will be in prison. So what are we going to do then? Other things interesting. Only less, fewer than 3,000 people voted in this GOP primary. That's how small this race is. I think I saw that was 8% of the electorate. Tell me again the number. Three, like 2972. That's Oof. how many ballots were cast in this GOP primary. Wow. It's not a lot. No, it's not. I mean, you could go door to door and meet every voter if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. So here's the, you know where the story is going. He did not win the race. Like, that's why this made me happy. Well, now I know where he the story is going. He didn't win the race. But here's what's amazing. Tell me. No one cleared the 50% threshold. So it means there is going to oh, be a runoff. runoff. But wait, but wait, <laughs> but wait. How many votes did Duggar get? Because no one's running away with this thing. 15. He got 1-5% of the votes. Oh, 
Four percent, you asshole. I percent. thought you meant he got 15 votes. No, no, no. 456 votes. Ooh, that's so embarrassingly small. That is so embarrassing. I could get 456 votes in Arkansas. No, you could. You're brown. You're brown. Come on. I have tattoos. I would change my name first. Okay, listen, it worked for Bobby Jindal and <laughs> Nikki Haley. Got them both. Different Got them states, both. but yes. Different states, but a similar idea. Brown hey. people trying to pass as white by What's being like... Na- if your name is... What is it? Is it Piyush? I can't remember. I think it, it might be Piyush. And Nirmukta? I can't remember. I mean... Their it's... Indian names became Bobby and Nikki. Come on So now. quickly. Anyway, I'm Bob. Um... <laughs> That's what Starbucks name is. Hemant, yeah, that's Henry. Close. So Duggar got 456 votes. 15% of all the votes cast, which is nothing. No. Um, he was third place out of the four. Oh, so embarrassed. God, so aren't you embarrassed for him? I love no, it. It's no, delicious. I mean, I feel no empathy for him here. Well, you don't feel empathy as a rule. <laughs> that's it's true. your psychopathy coming the guy out again. Who, the guy who won, <laughs> the guy who won this uh the the battle of four. Uh, his name is Colby Fulfer, and he used to be chief of staff for the city of Springfield. Just run that Arkansas. name nope, by me one nope. more time. And he used to be on the city council. He's a guy who's been in local government. People knew who he was. They voted for him. Uh-huh. Okay. The guy who took second, uh, Steve Unger, is a retired U.S. Navy chaplain. So okay. that's kind of his platform. Which, again, if you're, the, less if you're on city council, I kind of get why you would win a political race. Sure. Retired U.S. Navy captain versus guy who's been on TV nationally for years. I am shocked that the Navy captain dude pulled it off. If I will say, this would be my guess. If on the ballot they listed his rank, like captain, whatever his name is. They did not. Oh. I know. That would have been That, that was been a, a thing. good supposition, that was a good, though. Yeah. Um, that guy, by Sherlock the way, the me. captain Unger, uh, yep. 941 votes. He practically like doubled Jim Bob. Like oh, it wasn't even boy, close. That's still not. So well, I guess anyways, uh, more. Colby Fulfer, Steve Unger, they're going to the runoff next month. All I right, no longer Colbs. care about the race. They're both Republicans running for state Senate. Kobe you, Fulfer. you know what their platforms are. They're not great. They're terrible, but Kobe um, Fulfer at least can go home to a good name. <laughs> I didn't finish the story though, oh. because I interrupted. I, no, I was trying to figure out like, why would. Why would Jim Bob Duggar have fared so poorly? Again, he has everything going for him you yeah. would want in a political candidate. It's, he has everything Dr. Oz has, and Dr. Oz is running for Senate in Pennsylvania as a Republican. Name recognition, well, money. Uh, it doesn't matter that he doesn't live in Pennsylvania. It doesn't, like, he has the thing you I think you want. I do not think that Dr. Oz and Jim Bob Duggar are on the same same level as, of fame, certainly, because Oprah is the most famous human being on the planet, <laughs> and she brought out Dr. Oz, like the fucking Pandora's box of the 90s. <laughs> um, at least Dr. Oz is a legitimate doctor. What he does yeah. with that is garbage. He's a bad person. I want to be Thank clear. I don't approve you. of anything. But I would say he's marginally more qualified you, than Jim Bob Duggar. Did you see Dr. Oz was asked, when does life begin? Oh, and he couldn't answer the question thing. at all. In the mother's womb. <laughs> well, that brings us up to nine months, I sir. can't tell if that's a revelation of his political ignorance that he couldn't answer the question or whether he's like, well, obviously it's not life until it's born, but also I know I can't say that as a Republican, so I, I got to make up an answer. Also, the question is a nothing burger. It, it like, is. nothing means anything. Who okay, gives a shit? Wait, I'm no, back okay, to Jim fine, Bob. Sorry. I'm back to Jim Bob. Sorry. So the morning of the election, um, his longtime family friend, a guy named Jim Holt, who at one point was Jim Bob's best friend, like Jim, and again, Jim, classic. we're talking rural Arkansas, longtime best friend. Everyone knows who these people are, right? Yeah. 
Jim Holt post posts something on Facebook that morning. Um, we're basically saying, hey, remember everyone, today's a special election. There are four candidates. Of the four, I'm fairly good acquaintances with two of them. And Jim Bob Duggar was my best friend. Like, he knows half these people. Okay. He knows who's running and in this election. And the other drop. Right. I'm so he, excited. He added, I'm, it's very important you get out and vote today. So important. His wife, he said, we're not making any endorsements in the race. You should call the candidate, vet them hard, dot, dot, dot. I can say this, and it hurts me to say. Oh, no. Jim Bob Duggar lied to me <gasps> about the truth of his son when asking to court our daughter, Josh Duggar, was engaged to be married to Jim Holt's daughter no. back in the day. And I think, I Which think. Which daughter do you want, do you think? <laughs> doesn't matter the daughter. It's one of J- so Jim Holt's daughter. From. But engaged to, J- I don't know, engaged, but close to it with Josh. They're courting. They're courting. And I don't think Jim Bob ever told him like, well, I got to tell you about my son. He's scary. That's a real buyer beware situation, <laughs> isn't it? If you're trying to auction off your daughter to like mm-hmm. the nearest to Human. your neighbor, I assume. Yeah, exactly. So, Try to combine their farms for posterity <laughs> or whatever. It's going to be a, a real Jim European Holt, crown Holt situation. Goes on here to say, it was clear, Jim Bob, it was clear he perjured himself on the witness stand at the Ooh. evidentiary hearing in November. Wait, really? He said that, I'm sorry, maybe they were talking about Josh, I'm not sure. He said that Mrs., his wife, was a past Jim elder Bob. at our church in the time frame of 2003 to 2006. Up until November 2006, the church never had women elders. Never. Ever. He's basically saying, like, I have a character witness. It's this woman at my church who is an elder there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how dare you say my wife was an elder at the church? No, she wasn't. Our church would never allow women to be elders. It's like misogyny dropped in to... It, yeah, it's a real turducken of a of a mess, <laughs> isn't it? And I will continue. Oh, there's Jim, more. Oh, good. Thank God. Jim Bob was always conservative in many areas when I served with him from 2001 to 2002, I think, in the State House. Oh. The problem I have is, dot, 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 if he lied to his best friend and he lied under oath, will he lie to you? Yes. All in caps, by the way, where I'm, I'm emphasizing. Yeah, yes. So that's And the answer is Yes. The answer uh, is yes, of course he'll lie to you. Faith-based misogyny used to undermine a faith-based Republican candidate. It's, it's gorgeous. Wild. Wait, it gets better. It gets it's better. a real like three-starred sneeches thing of like <laughs> you have one star, I have two fucking stars, motherfucker. We're all monsters. It, it wasn't a great metaphor. I'm Go not, ahead. So if you look at the comments underneath that Facebook post, Uh-oh. guess who chimes in? <gasps> Jim Bob? No, we- not Jim Bob. His wife. Derek Dillard, who is married to one of Jim Bob's daughters. Uh-huh. So a son-in-law. Guess what? The, it doesn't matter you if you don't know who he is. reading a Wait. Facebook argument to me? Totally. Yes. <laughs> here's, what, here's what the son-in-law of Jim Bob says. Tell me. Uh, there's a lot here. I'll skip to the good stuff. It's only become clearer to us over time just how deep this man's manipulation and deceit will go for his own gain at the expense of others. He has lied to my wife and I numerous times. Speaking of his daughter, right? Um, Jesus. Jim Bob does not believe in freedom, but his manipulation has resulted in what is akin to human trafficking. <gasps> when Wait, this con- is his son-in-law saying yeah. this? Jesus. When confronted privately, he is not humble, but he is defensive and verbally abusive. Dot, dot, dot. Again, if he has lied and continues to lie to his best friends and his own family, will he lie to you? 
Whoa. Wow. Okay. Again, I, I promise you, I do not care about the inner workings of this family. And yet, I definitely <laughs> do. And so that's why we're going to keep talking about this for the next hour. I know. Do it like, here's the thing. These were posted literally like Tuesday morning of the election. Okay. And I'm assuming these are not the mail-in voter types, you know? Sure, They're sure, all sure. voting on Tuesday. So I, do, how much... Did this impact the race? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I would be yeah, shocked yeah. if there are people who are like, well, I was going to go vote for my n- neighbor. Right. But then I saw this Facebook post by two people and now I'm going to change my... I don't think that happened. That's But also funny. local politics where like three votes makes the difference oh, to yeah. everything. It's like, oh... These are bombshells. It's great. Okay. Can, can I give you quick credit for the fact that these are these do not seem like the kind of people who mail-in vote is such a specific <laughs> burn? And I don't know exactly what it means, but I knew exactly who you meant. It's so specific. <laughs> these are people who are not fans of, you know, the Moderna. Okay. Here's something else we learned about this campaign. Tell me. Uh, how much money did Jim Bob spend on this local on state a senate local race? Local election? Uh huh. Can I look at the a- just before you tell me? I just want to know what the average. Oh, good luck with that. I don't know. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna go ahead and move on though. Okay. I'll, I'll that's tell fair. you this: uh, the bulk of the campaign money went to advertising, which makes sense, and other expenses like the Republican Party's filing fee. If you want to run as a Republican uh-huh. for a seat, okay. He spent $37,631. Say it again, sir, again. $37,000 plus. Jesus. I am not going to say if that's too little or too much for a local, you know, a state senate race in mm-hmm. Arkansas, uh, but $37,000 plus. He got 456 votes. Did, did I do pay? the math? Yes, yeah, I you did. did. That's $82.52 per wasted vote, oh. which... Boy. It sounds like he understands like finances as well as birth control. Wow. I uh-huh. just it's just simply embarrassing. Oh, is it's what great. It is. So after he loses, he finally posted something on Facebook. Jim Bob did not addressing his best friend or his son-in-law. But he did say in the midst of the, you know, I acknowledge that I lost because, you know, these races, these are legit Good races, no fraud ever. Oh, ever. Always. Oh, no fraud in Arkansas. Uh-huh. Just None. in, what was it, Arizona and uh, Wisconsin? Anywhere where black people live is oh, where there's Oh, so not fraud. Wisconsin or uh-huh. Arizona. He said, it has been a difficult season for our family, so season. I am particularly grateful to those decade, of you sir. who have offered your prayers and encouragement. I will always do all I can to help advance conservative candidates and causes. Whew. He'll be watching and advancing those things from the sidelines, thankfully. Uh, Just keep in mind, look, a Republican will win this runoff, obviously, in the GOP primary. A Republican will probably, almost certainly, win that that seat seat. and hold that seat because it was a Republican seat. And that means by this time, like next year, there could be a Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, a Lieutenant Governor Jason Rapert. No, there won't. A Republican, um, I think, supermajority in the House and Senate in Arkansas. Like, it's bad news for everybody. The one silver lining is Jim Bob Duggar won't be a part of it. It'll just be other people who share his awful ideology on everything else. And if you want to hear inter-family sniping, it's got to come from reading like a million uh, Duggar snark Facebook Which posts. sounds pretty fun. Hey, remember when Bill Clinton was the governor of Arkansas? What happened day. in the last 40 years? Man, lots of things. I guess. Remember I, when he was a good candidate and like 
I know we were young, but like he wasn't a bad candidate. He just turned out to be a well, bad person. Well, Hemet, the bar <laughs> of good candidate has. Oh man, God, I don't even know if it's changed, but just what we have to learn about these people and their backgrounds and how monstrous they all mm-hmm. are. I'm so exhausted I, by it. I am genuinely still amused by the fact that Jim Bob Duggar today decided to run on a campaign of family values. Like, even you in really Arkansas. You really are so fucking tickled by that. that. You've probably how? said that four times per episode in the last he month. I've never seen you... read his own campaign material. I've never seen you more thrilled he about anything. to know anything. how that was going to go over. It's... <laughs> but, what, okay, so what do you think he thinks family values mean? Um, anti-abortion, anti-gay, anti-trans, and, I don't know, just knock out kids? That counts as a family. You don't have to look after them. You gotta... You got an older daughter to to do it for you. (laughs) Listen, I know several oldest daughters, and they are the most responsible human beings I have ever met, and also were not that much fun in high school because they were raising their siblings. (laughs) That's right. Okay, I'm moving on to something totally (gasps) different. How long did we spend on that? A half uh, hour? uh, Maybe. <laughs> okay, so the Pew Research Center put out a new study this week. Here's how interesting the survey was. They often send me an email that says, "We have a new survey coming out soon. Would you like an advanced copy of it? Oh. Here are the rules." And the rules basically, you're not allowed to say write anything publicly until sure. we tell you it's okay. Yep. And I was like, "Yeah, I agree to that deal. I can prepare a post, get stuff ready." They do it happens all the time with newspapers and everything. So, and, and the response email I get from them, which is usually, cool, here's the thing, we're, here's the study. This time they're like, oh, you're going to like, <laughs> you're going to enjoy this one. <laughs> Wait, you have like personal contacts oh, at they know Q me. Research? They, oh, that's hysterical. They're like, you're going to enjoy this one because it's right up your alley uh-huh. in terms of atheism, religion, America. It's yeah. like, they know how much I enjoy this stuff. Yeah. Okay. This is a study on religion in America from the Pew Research Center. And the, head, the banner headline is basically that three out of every 10 Americans has no religious affiliation, and that is higher than it has ever Mm -hmm. been ever in the country. We're becoming more powerful. (laughs) Hold that thought, because we're not. You're wrong. I wish we were. I'll get back to that. Just to give you some baseline numbers here. In 2007, in 2007, uh, the number of people who did not have an organized religion, uh-huh. maybe they believe in something, some higher power, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're talking about six, 16% of the country. Oof. And in 2014, Pew did a massive study, like a very uh, intensive study with tens of thousands of participants, which mm-hmm. is a ton. Yeah. <laughs> um, landmark study. They said it's no longer 16%. Oh. It's 23%. Uh-oh. And that was the bombshell headline at the time too. Yeah. Uh, again, in 2014. Point tech? So 23%. And now this, this new one comes out 29%. Mm-hmm. There's no sign of the trend plateauing as some people had predicted. Mm-hmm. No, it's just keeps moving up. There's no sign of it stopping. So that's one interesting thing. Um, Christians in America, how many people profess to some brand of Christianity? From 2007 till now, it's gone from 78% down to 63%. Wow. Huge drop for them. That's a bigger drop than we gained. And here's a question I could not have answered for you ahead of time. Between evangelicals, regular other Protestants that are not evangelical, mainstream Protestants, Uh and Catholics... If those are the three big groups of Christians, 
where's that drop coming from? Who's oh. losing numbers? Okay, and? I would have thought it would have been the Catholic Church. That's what I was assuming you were about nope, to say. Nope, they're as steady as ever. It's about well, 22% of the population. The Catholics they're, have a lot of children. <laughs> they're pretty steady. It's evangelicals have lost about 6% of their numbers, and mainstream Protestants have lost about 6% of their I'm numbers. i evangelicals. Yeah. Although, I guess, I don't know. I never know what to think of that. Like, when evangelical got evangelical Christianity got so like tied into conservative values, quote unquote, the Republican party. I mean, I guess that Hold makes that sense. Like, I guess that's... there's a possibility that you can be an evangelical Christian and not be an asshole, in which case he wouldn't be a Republican, but <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. It's evangelicals are relatively aligned. Uh, white evangelicals yeah. are relatively all in sync. I forgot. Black when e- it comes evangelicals. To, there are some. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's interesting. Another one uh, result here I found interesting. What percentage of U.S. adults, uh, everybody that they're surveying, basically, what percentage of Americans pray every day? In 2007, it was 58%. Said they'd pray every day. Wow. What is that number now? Mm, 45. <laughs> you nailed it. Wait, seriously? Good guess, yes. 45%. And so here's the follow Am I psychic? You are. Here's the follow-up question. Okay, if there's been that drop in people who pray daily, where's the increase? Is it people who pray weekly slash monthly or people who pray never? Is it never? Tell me it's never. It is never. Wow. I thought it would have been, oh, you go from praying every day to I'll go to church on Sunday or something like that. Well, I have to think it's a... A whole shift of the people who used to only pray once a week now pray not at all. I don't think it's the people who prayed every day suddenly became right. non-prayers. Except I mean, maybe. If you're looking at the graph, though, like the percentage of weekly, monthly prayers has been relatively steady. Oh. And so like the... So even I was if, wrong. Even if it's not a direct shift from daily prayers to I, I'm stopping cold turkey, maybe they are going less and less until they get to there. But bottom line is enough of these people are moving to the I'm not praying at all uh-huh. or rarely category, which is now at 32%. Never or seldom pray. 32%. But they're still Christians. Um, These are right? all adults. Oh, you did say all adults. adults. Okay. So, so that reflects that's interesting. non-believers, right? People are shifting from like, I pray every day to I found a better use of my time completely. <laughs> I, I started volunteering and guess what? <laughs> right? Um. Other thing that's interesting, atheists specifically, mm, that's have us. we risen over time as a percentage of the population? I've gotten much taller. Not even Sorry. close. Not even close. Wait. We are 4% of the population today, uh-huh. and that's pretty much the same as it was like in 2015. It uh... hasn't changed much in the past six years. Agnostics, 5%, and that hasn't changed since like 2017. Really? We are steady. We are we have plateaued. I do think that seems. I do think that the future of like secularism is just going to be not not atheists but non-churchgoers. No, nuns, nuns, nothing in particular. And that is where the growth has been. In 2007, 12% of Americans had no religious affiliation and they did not call themselves atheists or agnostics. 12%. Sure. That number is now at 20. Really? That's where this growth in the unaffiliated people have come from. It's all the nuns. It's all a bunch of people who are disenchanted with organized religion who might still believe in God. Many of them do. 
or they believe in some weird horoscopy bullshit. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but I'm not calling myself Catholic or evangelical or sure. whatever else. They're just like, I'll believe in stuff, but I'm not going to that church anymore. Mm-hmm. That's where the rise in the nuns is coming from. That makes a ton of sense. So back to the thing you said earlier, does this mean we are more powerful? Well, <laughs> and of course not. Of course that not. That would require us to be able to get elected to public office. <laughs> that is a point that I think is worth making. Like, yes, we are rising in the nuns, sure, but the percentage of us, all 29% of Americans who have no religious affiliations, we do not share um, a lot of political values. Now, if you take the none of the aboves out of the question and you looked at atheists specifically, we are overwhelmingly aligned. Progressive politics, progressive values, Mm -hmm. voting for the Democrat, etc. If you talk about unaffiliated Americans in general, we're all over the place and we believe a lot of stupid shit. And like, do you believe in angels? Yes, say like some percentage of the nuns. And it's like, you're not us. Who are you people? (laughs) But this is a point. Okay, Supreme Court, 100% religious, including the three liberals. Um, The United States Congress right now, 96% of all sitting members of Congress are religious. And that other 4%, most of them just didn't answer the question. Right, we just don't know. And one of them is Kristen Cinema. Like she doesn't have any beliefs yeah. about anything. Even if she, even if she did, she's not going to use them for anything good. <laughs> and Jared Huffman's the one humanist. But okay, ninety six percent of Congress oh, is religious, and eighty eight percent of Congress is Christian of some form or another. Ooh. In terms of political power, we don't have any. And by the way, we don't vote the way. That smaller and smaller group of evangelicals, the mm-hmm. white evangelicals, they vote above their weight. Like they all yeah. vote. It's yeah. part of their faith. Yeah. For us, it's like souls yeah, to the polls. Maybe I'll go. Souls to the polls is not evangelical. That's oh, the mainstream. Black. Yeah. But they definitely get their shit together and vote. Sure. We You're as right. a group don't. And so this is a thing to keep in mind. Like, one, on our end, we have to vote like our values, and I'm not saying like moral necessarily values, but separation of church and state, reproductive justice, the, uh, LGBTQ rights, mm-hmm. all the stuff that's affected by religion. Mm-hmm. If we care about these things, we got to vote like it matters. Yeah. Um, I would throw democracy itself in there too. Mm-hmm. And as for Democrats, like Republicans have no desire to court us. But if Democrats want a reliable voting block, like Republicans have white evangelicals, They need to talk about those issues specifically Mm -hmm. more. I don't need them doing atheist advertising (laughs) for anybody. I do need them saying, I believe in separation of church and state. That is a bedrock of our country. And I'm going to legislate like that's a thing. Like that matters. Yeah. I don't care if they say Merry Christmas on their Twitter feed or they say they take an oath on the Bible like small potatoes. Yeah. But vote like you believe we live in a secular nation. I mean, I'm ugh, I'm really not sure if I'm not really sure if and how the Democrats would effectively court atheistic votes without I don't know it just without mentioning that word or something. Not even without mentioning that word. I guess I'm just thinking of like okay, if you're trying to court a, the Jewish vote, which I think is yeah. populationally similar. Not a word, but. Aren't, aren't we in a similar I, I believe slice of the pie? Over, uh, you know what? I don't have numbers off the top of my head. They are majority Democratic. Yes. Oh, no, no I'm sorry. I, I, excuse me. I was not being clear. Um, they're the same percentage of the population as atheists are. Oh. It's like 
I think five and four percent or something. I think like it's that. actually lower than that. They're lower uh, than, yeah. than atheists. Okay. Yeah. But there are fewer Jewish people in America than, than atheists. atheists specifically. Um. We, so don't quote me on that. God, I could be wrong, but uh, no, I believe I, I have heard something to that effect, or at least uh-huh. they are com- comparable numbers. But you can go to a local synagogue and talk to a like audience who is there. You can go to like places where. Jewish people gather, whether it's their synagogue or their local, like it, it is more of a physical community. Jews are about 2% of the American population. And we're what for? We are, uh, well, atheists are about three. Three. This is from a few years ago from the Pew Research Center, a little higher. So that's right. So, but like if you, so in the South and more conservative areas, you have atheist groups. In the Chicagoland area, like, if somebody wanted to come and make a political right. speech to an atheist group, they can't just come out to Naperville and be like, Hemet's congregation, Hemet and Jessica's congregation. Yeah. I rejected myself right. in my own No, metaphor. that's exactly it. There's nowhere to go to reach a wide yeah. swath of atheists. But this is the thing. Yes, you're right. They're not going to be able to do that like they can just walk into a church and speak to that group. What they can do, and this is what I wish more of them would do, especially if they're progressive, is just talk anywhere you go about the need for religion not to interfere with these laws. That's fair. Uh, Progressive values, reproductive rights, racial justice. These are things harmed by religious leaders, some of them, that politicians could say, look, I support separation of church and state. I'm fighting for that. Sure. You're not catering to me specifically because right. it helps everybody. Right. It helps the religious people too. Just talk about that stuff. Like this was a criticism I had of like the Biden campaign, which is I know you assume you have our votes because you do, but also you could do a better job of talking about this stuff. Bring this up more often and don't wait for people like me to bring it up or whoever else. Like AOC says it all the time. Like we need to talk about these things that we stand for and we're going to fight for. Right. And not just assume our votes are taken for granted and assume that everyone will just get it because they won't. It's kind of a microcosm of how Democrats rely on black votes without necessarily doing like the outreach that they deserve or the work that they deserve. But they, you know, the black community just knows that Republicans are fucking racist. So Mm -hmm. lesser of two evils. And Republicans have... uh, are almost shooting themselves in the foot by not doing anything to try to reach out to it. Oh, no, that's not true. Remember when Trump said, what do you have to lose? (laughs) Yeah. So don't tell me they're not (laughs) courting the black vote. (laughs) answer. Yeah. Your lives. 600,000 of them. 800 now. Oh, good. Sorry. Sorry. Forgot about a quarter of them there. Um, No, it's okay. uh, a quarter of a million people was a rounding error on my part. That's That feels good in this country. That's still better than the Trump numbers that they would have. Okay. Let's talk about Dave Ramsey, the evangelical Christian financial guru, uh, known for giving like Susie Orman-esque financial advice to Christians. Uh Uh, A lot of evangelical churches offer his classes to their members. And of course, it's like, how do you get out of debt? And some of it's secular stuff like save money on every paycheck and put Uh aside some of it, stuff like that. And then a portion of it is like tied to your church. And that's supposed to help you and your bank account somehow. Okay. Anyway, I don't necessarily have a problem with that side of things. But also this guy basically runs a cult. And that's not me saying that. This is from his own employees. Oh. has his office in Tennessee, in Nashville, Tennessee. Wait, I'm sorry. If you're aware you're in a cult, you need to get out. That's the whole point of cults is you don't realize you're in one. And this, they're just like, yeah, we're in a cult. It's great. 12 out of 10 would recommend. 
Let me tell you how it's a cult. Tell me. According to, and we know this because former employees have spoken out. Some of them have filed lawsuits and shared all these details. One is he just flat out ignored COVID protocols last year. He's like, oh, even Tennessee says you have to work from home. Not here. You don't. Everyone get into work. Um, no masks at the holiday party last year. Not even last this year. year. We didn't even have a holiday party last uh-huh. year. Uh-huh. He did. And it didn't have masks cool. for hundreds of employees and their families. Yep. Um, he reportedly pulled out a gun during a staff meeting. I don't even know what that's about. Oh, that's regular. Apparently, when you get hired there, they want to know all about your private life. Like, like what kind of thing? Tell us about your marriage. That's part Wait, of the interview. About my marriage? How not is just... it going? <laughs> are we... you... I can't tell if you're kidding. I'm so not They genuinely kidding. ask about not just are you married, but what is the quality of uh-huh. your marriage? Uh-huh. Like, they don't want to... They don't... Like, oh, you want to code for our website? Tell us about your wife. So it's that they don't want somebody who's like gets divorced under their roof. That's pretty damn right. Oh, is that it? Yep. And if your your marriage is is on the rocks Uh or something, well, clearly you're not, you know, good Christian material here. Sure. I've heard that Uh before. So he micromanages the private life of his Oh, you don't fucking say him. Is that micromanaging? Is that what that is? Okay. So he's being sued this week. Oh. Um, by one former employee who said, who's also a Christian, you have to be Christian to work for this company Sounds because like it. Ramsey treats it like his ministry. That's what he, I believe he calls it his ministry. But th- so this is a Christian who is a devout Christian who said, I'm working for this guy who's a Christian. He's suing him for religious discrimination. What? I know. I know. Here's what this guy, his name is Brad. Here's what Brad <laughs> said in the lawsuit that he filed against Ramsey's company. Um, this is from Bob Smetana of Religion News Service. Uh, Brad, this guy, a video editor, holds strong religious convictions about caring for his family's health, and he requested to be able to work from home in order to self uh, safeguard their well-being. Mm. That request, according to the complaint, was seen as a weakness of spirit. <laughs> so that's one. Right. Uh-huh. Sorry, a weakness of spirit was yep, that not he a good Christian. did not want to go to work during a plague that's right cool um not in person he did not because he wanted oh, yes. to protect his family and that's a what bad a by the dick. way i thought they were the party I, family values did i say he's a video editor like of all the jobs you can totally <laughs> do from home and that's exactly what this guy wrote that's what he wrote in the lawsuit he's like i can totally just do everything from home and oh, they're that's like so fucking no. Funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Like, I worked with video editors in an office, and literally, they would all, they would just sit there with their big headphones on for eight hours, eat at their desk, and then get up and go home. Those motherfuckers yep. do not need to be in an office. Yep. Yep. He said um, Ramsey's people insisted he had to show up to work because it was an essential business, video editing. Um, so. Wait. Yeah. Wait, this man was a video editor for his company or the whole company is video editing? No, no, no. He was a video editor for this company. He produced like a documentary, like hagiography um, of Ramsey saying how awesome his stuff is. Oh, it and is a cult. everyone in the, whatever, promotional material, the people he showed it to, they're like, this is fantastic. Dave Ramsey's like, we need more stuff like this quality it's yeah. great come and in here let like, me breathe on you while you do it <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what it seems like um so uh i want to i want to read another part of this lawsuit to you because again totally wild um i'm just reading straight up from the lawsuit 
uh, Brad is the plaintiff. On plaintiff's first three days as an employee of Lampo, which is uh, Ramsey's company, he went through what was known as the onboarding process. During this onboarding, plaintiff was introduced to the company culture. The onboarding process did not include specific job training for the plaintiff's job. <laughs> the onboarding consisted of three days of indoctrinating employees to constantly praise Mr. Ramsey and or the Ramsey way. No. The Ramsey way encourages expressing deeply personal connection with Mr. Ramsey and the Ramsey brand. The Ramsey way encourages expressing praise for Mr. Ramsey constantly. The onboarding process included group discussions where people sh shared their Dave story. Dave stories what? were deeply personal moments where Mr. Ramsey or his program significantly changed a person's life. So it's my second day of work and some other employee comes in and is like, this motherfucker brought me some Starbucks and it changed my life. And that's yep, why Dave Ramsey yep, is the yep, best of yep, us. Yep. It's and then great. he wouldn't give me overtime, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, I want to sure find... he has ethical hiring practices, right? <laughs> uh, personal. Oh, they also had to uh, file. They had mandatory extracurricular activities and they had to <laughs> fill out weekly personal reports. The personal what reports. What the fuck is going on? Required employees to scale their happiness with a green or red indicator regarding their personal victories and struggles for that week. Personal reports included both work-related and personal victories and struggles. Um, these reports often asked for deeply personal information from their employees, including, but not limited to, sure. their marriages and relationships with their spouses. They had to talk about, like, basically their sex life at home, if they were fighting with their spouse. Uh, to what end? To every Do you think he's end. just, like, like a pervo? I, and like he just likes to be what's the word I when you're I think he uh, genuinely thinks if you are, he's like a voyeur. <laughs> I think he genuinely well, Ramsey and the leaders here. Mm. I think they genuinely think you have to be a good perfect role model Christian at home just like you should be in the workplace. But we're not going to take your word on it. We are going to basically double check we're monitoring all the shit you do. Um <laughs> And one example of this is that one of the higher ups who's overseeing him said, you're lying to us, to Brad, and you are unhappy in your marriage, and we want information about your marital issues. What the fuck is going on, Brad? Hammett? Brad keeps saying, no, me and my wife, we're what good. Is this, what does this company do? Uh-huh. This, no, this classes, is a genuine question. Classes to help you get out of debt. There's a radio show involved. Oh, my God. That felt like three hours ago <laughs> that you told me about that. Holy yeah. shit. This man is a cult leader. Yeah. Where is he based? Nashville. Yeah, that tracks, I guess. <laughs> So, why is it religious discrimination? Because he said, well, part of my faith is taking care of my family, mm. family values. That's what I was say. And they're like, uh, no, come in here and, you know, maybe get COVID, whatever. We don't care. Uh, so, anyway, Brad is suing for religious discrimination. I mean, if he brings COVID home and kills his whole family, they can't sin anymore, so... but And they're going to heaven. So, really, Dave Ramsey would be like, you yeah. should be happy. Win-win. They're, they're up. Yep. Um... Man, so uh, in a statement to Religion News Service, which has reported extensively on the cult-like atmosphere at this place, Ramsey Solutions said the goal of the lawsuit was to smear Ramsey Solutions' reputation and extort a large settlement. 
That's not what extortion is. I don't yeah. think that's. I don't know if this, this lawsuit is more of just work. a general lawsuit. I just want to point out that this lawsuit is not some lone wolf former uh, disgruntled employee. It's a pattern because he is not the only guy sure. who has said oh all God. this stuff about the company. So funny. So wild. Um, while we're in Tennessee, I'm going to jump to one other story here, which you're going to appreciate. Mm-mm. This comes from the River of Tri-Cities Church in Johnson City, Tennessee, and Pastor Todd Holmes. Tennessee's batting above its weight class. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, punching above its weight class. Yep, Sorry. Today they are. Yep. And Todd Holmes, this weekend, guess what he's going to do at church? Because uh, it's almost Christmas. Sacrifice a child? Close. Okay. Uh, he's going to give people the tools to do that. He is going to give away two AR-15 semi-automatic rifles, one in the morning, one in the evening. That's a direct quote. Let me, let me quote uh, from the thing he posted on Facebook and then deleted later. I encourage you to be here December 19th. We're going to have a giveaway. These two AR-15s, which he holds in the video, are going to be given away, one in the morning and one in the evening. You have an opportunity to win these guns, you know, if you are of age and legal status. So, like, I mean, it's legal. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I think gun culture is horrible and toxic. I get why somebody might want to have a handgun. I guess I would not do it. I get the idea. I kind of, as a vegetarian, I get the hunting rifle stupidity, whatever. Like, okay, fine. You want your hunting rifle. Honestly, hunting, You live in Montana. I yeah, get it. Hunting bothers me very little as long <laughs> as it is like within bounds. And I also think trophy hunting is terrible. But, but I, I want you to this co- sort of obsession with guns goes be- like what do you need an a an ar ar-15 ak-47 which AR-15. one ar-15 what do you need that for i don't know i just want it and there's no the, law it says i can't have it i believe he Fuck posted you, this uh close to the anniversary of sandy hook just fyi i want you to come around the table and look at the picture mm. i'm not gonna play the video here okay. but just look at the dude look at him holding his guns and then tell the world what you see oh. Fuck you. Okay. Can you see a shirt too, by the oh, way? Can... Tell people about the shirt. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so he's an old white dude with the... Uh, go, go to your mic and tell. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay, so he's an old white dude, and he, he's wearing a flannel, and under that is a graphic T, and it says love it with does a say love. gun as the L, yep. a grenade as the O. Now, I couldn't I see couldn't V ma- and I E. I couldn't really make out the V, and I can't see the E at all. But I yeah, know, go it's, ahead and look it's it up love and really fuck up my uh, search history. Uh, used to injure or kill people. So again, look, all love. of this is technically legal. The question is, why are you doing this? And the answer is, there's no answer. It's just, we live in Tennessee, this is our church. Found it. This is what we stand for. Oh, yikes. What's the V and the E? Uh, the V is two uh, hunting knives. Looks like maybe they're Bowie knives. <laughs> okay. And then the E is uh, an assault rifle, which is, I guess, loosely oh, E-shaped. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like one aggressive. big gun with... All the parts sticking out. And it's like twice an e. as tall as the other letters, which mm-hmm. makes sense because the E is just the middle bit. I mean, listen, it's not good graphic design, <laughs> nor is it good I mean, anything. Look, even if this is legal, these people are at the very least celebrating the possibility of murdering their enemies. 
at and least. I would argue not only are they, are they excited about the possibility, they are positively fucking horny for it. They can not wait until the moment that somebody knocks on their door at 10.30 p.m. and they don't know who it is and so they just shoot the motherfucker in their head be- and then live the narrative of I protected my family against evil even though you're probably just a murderer and if somebody robs my house they can have whatever the fuck they want in my house because the only things in my house that matter are my dog and my husband and I am not going to die on behalf of my mini fridge. I don't think that's the thing that people steal. It's just what's <laughs> in my eyeline. I just, that's the thing. I think that's like the, such a big difference is when, I, I hear the argument a lot of Jessica, if you were home alone and somebody creepy was coming in and like threatening you, wouldn't you want to have a gun? And the answer is, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't think I could handle that. Also, gun compared to AR-15 yes, semi-automatic. Yes, 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 like, yes, 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 fair. I was getting yeah, How many people reductive. are you trying to shoot in your house? Well, the record's, what, 45 in oh. a mass shooting? So Jesus was the Prince of Peace, by the way. I think it's Just... a lot more than that, too. Mm. So, what do you think Jesus would say about AR-15? Uh, Jesus would be, if I have my evangelicalism correct, he would be locked and loaded oh. and carrying <laughs> around the weapons on his six-pack abs with not an, wearing a shirt. With an American with flag bandana, bandana tied yes, around his head. That is correct. Cool. And Donald Trump at his side. With his six-pack. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Boy, oh Good boy. times. Sometimes I think about the fact that Donald Trump doesn't drink at all, and he just acts like that all the time. I he must be another part drug, of so. me. Part of me really wanted like a whole bunch of Muslims to go to church on Sunday to this guy's church. Oh, and then also and see if they can snag I one. Don't think it's safe for them to. Go. That's honestly like I don't think anybody should own an assault weapon, but I think black people should own them if white people do because <laughs> that will get assault ban- bans right in action. And just carry them to CPAC or something. Just carry just walk them around. around, like I don't know, River North. I'm sure everybody would really, really chill and fine. Actually, Chicago's a gun free zone. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, remember we talked about Joel Osteen and that video last week yep. where we left off with this is that the pastor Joel Osteen, mm-hmm. who's not the gun type necessarily, uh, I guess he Do went we to a restaurant. I don't know. He I'll doesn't talk up. about anything. Uh, he went to a restaurant and some guy named Nick made a TikTok video where he's like, Hey Joel, come over here. Hey man, you know, you're a piece of shit, right? And then Joel Osteen's like, ha 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 and walks away and then Nick turns to the camera and is like, he knows, he knows. That was the video we talked about. We discussed last week, you know, does that actually accomplish whatever it is, whatever point you think you want to make about Joel Osteen and his values and like what he does or doesn't do with his lifestyle? Like, did you really accomplish that goal? We had that discussion last week. People can hear that. Here's a follow-up though. Um, and we did not talk about this because it had not happened yet. Nick had, has since published a few more follow-up videos. Videos. Videos, TikTok videos, short videos. But basically, uh, one video said, hey, guys, I'm fired. Uh, and with all that do attention, any, I got... Yes, I do. Uh, Great. <laughs> and with oh, all that attention, I got asshole? fired this morning. Um, he said very clearly, it was not my employer's fault. Some outside forces came into play, if you know what I mean. Sure do. I did not know what he meant, oh. but thankfully he clarified Here's the story. He said he's a server at this restaurant. Mm -hmm. Joel Osteen must have come to that restaurant. Oh, he did it at work? He did it at work. Oh, fuck. He said, (laughs) 
what bothered him the most is Joel Osteen is sitting having dinner at his restaurant and the staffers at the restaurant, a lot of other people at the restaurant are coming by the ta- his table. Mm-hmm. They want their picture with Joel. And Nick, I'm paraphrasing here. This is all me talking. He's like, I see all these people going to the table and it's disgusting. Like, do you know what he did during Hurricane Harvey? Do you know what he thinks about gay people? Like all that stuff that you should be disturbed mm-hmm. about when it comes to Joel Osteen. So as Joel Osteen is leaving the restaurant... Nick approaches him during a break. He was outside for like a five-minute break or something, and he sees Osteen come outside. So that's when he for stops smoke break, him. Does Joel Osteen smoke? Uh, Nick's, I maybe. I don't. None of them smoke. I don't know. But <laughs> he sees Joel Osteen come outside. He's like, "Hey, dude, can I get a quick? I don't know what he said, but he Hi, got the selfie. video, and he got his selfie slash. He got to say what he wanted to say to Joel after the video was posted, and after he actually posted the video a couple weeks later, oh. which is when it went viral last week. And as it began spreading online, apparently, according to Nick, quote, Joel Osteen and his team harassed the restaurant (gasps) and made sure I was terminated. No. That is his words. I don't know. Just like Jesus would do. (laughs) He said very clearly in the video. Jesus said, turn the other cheek and also fire a minimum wage worker. (laughs) I think that was his whole cheese. With a maximum weapon. Nick said, I don't want people to boycott the restaurant. This is not their fault. I love the, the restaurant. Oh, Nick he is said, a good dude. <laughs> he said they didn't have any choice in the matter because he was at work and so whatever. But he said the problem, as always, is Joel Osteen. Um, Osteen didn't confirm any of this. This but, guy's going to run for fucking Congress soon. I don't know. So, <laughs> um, oh, I forgot to mention another reason everyone, he, Nick was like, why is everyone going up to this guy and taking the picture? Um, may have also been like, all that money found on the church walls. Though I think that technically happened after the video was taken. It's just one of many reasons to criticize Joel Osteen. But anyway, that's the follow-up on Nick. I want to say this. Now knowing more information, I still think Nick is a hero. (laughs) Um, I still think Joel Osteen is the worst. I... I am impressed that the restaurant probably wouldn't have fired him because the fact that he did that on the fucking clock is <laughs> bold. He was on a break. I mean, so were Ross and Rachel, and you yes. see where that ended up. Yep. No, listen, I... Okay, it, I mean, I it is very inappropriate to have done. What? I knew you would get my white people reference. Yay! Um, yeah, anyway. No, it's not great. Um, but... Let's talk about the FDA. Some some mildly hey, uh, good news no, here. It's very good news. Stop. Maybe don't don't downplay so it. So the story here is that you know during the pandemic there is an abortion. Uh, there are abortion pills you could take via mail. You get the pills in the mail. You could take them. You could have a uh, take the abortion pill. You could have mm-hmm. your abortion in the privacy of your own home. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, you would have had to get a doctor to say yes to you in person. Um, to sign off on getting the first of the two pills. Second one's not controversial, second pill. The fir- second one you can get. The oh, first one's the hard one. Um, so you have to go in person, get a doctor to sign off on it, and only then would the FDA allow it to be sent via the mail. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, they said, okay, you know what? You don't have to do in-person visits. But as the pandemic is approaching whatever phase we're in, yep. 15. the expectation is you are going to go back into to go see your doctor if you need it. Mm-hmm. And that's only where it's allowed um, in the states where that sort of thing is allowed. Well, the FDA said uh, this week, I think today, that they're going to permanently allow abortion pills by mail, hey. which is to say if you telecommunicate with your doctor mm-hmm. and get the sign off, fine. They'll, they're fine with you. Uh, 
the doctors or whoever makes the pill mm-hmm. sending you the first one in the mail. Sure. Second one again, not the issue. Does it come like through a pharmacy? You're Is... asking me questions I do not know. Okay. Yeah, I'm assuming through a pharmacy. Okay. Um, so good, bad, like here's what I think is going to happen. Like, great, that should happen. What I'm afraid of is that means Republican-dominated states are going to find a way to block this. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? They're going to say, well, like... They're just like- going to murder all women of childbirthing age and just call <laughs> it a day, because honestly, that seems like the next logical step. I'm I'm afraid of what they're going to do, whether they're going to try to stop. They're going to make you do all in-person visits if you want any drugs, if you want any pills of any kind. Oh, what like are they going to do? If I get a refill of my antidepressants, I have to like go in and right. talk to my doctor, which is the like, reason for my depression. They're going to put more obstacles in the path or say whatever. Uh, in our state, you can't mail this type of pill or whatever. They're going to put more restrictions in place. And that's my fear. They they have the votes to do it. We know they we know that mm-hmm. because they've been doing this sort of thing all the time. I guess that's where my like little reluctance to be happy about the story was. Of course it's the right medical decision by the FDA, but what's going to be the backlash on the right because they don't want women safely taking medicine in their home no. if it leads to an abortion or mm-hmm. ever. Like so what they are they going to the do? What are they going to do to stop it and how is that going to hurt more women? Should I, is it illegal to stock up on abortion pills and keep them in my house in case somebody needs them? <laughs> that is them? the constant refrain I heard online, like, go get them now. Go Honestly, say you need them now. I feel like I should have done that already. Yeah. Hi, daddy. Um, and what are they going to do for telehealth? Like, are Republican states just going to be like, uh, yeah, we're just banning that outright. Because yeah, if you allow your it. Rural st- your rural constituents. I'm sure right. they love driving 90 minutes to go get a fucking checkup. One anti-abortion group said uh, this policy allows for dangerous at-home <gasps> do-it-yourself abortions without necessary medical oversight. No, 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 no. Not even close. No, 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 no. What this helps is women not doing dangerous at-home abortions without medical care. I think you're a little confused, They're not lady. performing surgery on themselves. Most of these, by the way, are like under 10 weeks. Oh, yeah. So like they barely know they're pregnant mm-hmm. and they're taking the pill now. Jesus. Um, what if it, uh, safety is not the concern here? I just want to know, already... like at that point, an abortion is basically just a heavy period or a miscarriage. <clears throat> Do they think women who are miscarrying need to like be on the constant supervision of their doctor? Because I would have lost a week last year. Like, what is their game plan here? Uh, you're asking me a question. I wish I knew the answer to their game plan is let's hurt women as much as possible. I know you gestured Um, at me. What did that mean? I'm sorry. The uh, (laughs) Guttmacher Institute, which does abortion rights stuff. Here's what they said to sum this up so far. This this is from the New York times so far this year, presumably in anticipation of Roe v. Wade being struck down Mm -hmm. six States banned the mailing of pills. Seven states pass laws requiring pills. Uh, I'm, you say banning pills, period. Not just abortion pills. Any medication that it, comes to your home. I believe that's correct because the article just says six states banned the mailing of pills. Jesus. Which, again, hurts seniors, hurts people with other conditions. Whatever. Yeah. Hurts seven, me, I'm lazy. Seven states passed laws requiring pills to be obtained in person from a provider. Four that's states passed laws states, to set the limit on medication abortion at earlier than 10 weeks. So basically, the second you know you're pregnant, like, all right, you have like a week or two, maybe, to get your shit together and get this pill and make a doctor's appointment to do all this stuff, even if it's over the internet. So again, the point is, that's what's happening just in anticipation of Roe v. Wade being struck down. 
that's before the FDA says we're cool with these pills being uh-huh. sent nationally uh, over the mail. It's fine. Hmm. Um, the anti-abortion group, one anti-abortion group said at least seven more states are likely to enact laws restricting this method. I'm genuinely thinking of like, how many abortion pills could I get my hands on before like <laughs> somebody calls the police on me? Some more data while you're thinking about that. The CDC said last month, 42% of abortions and 54% of them that happened uh, before 10 weeks, mm-hmm. that occurred with medication. This is oh, a I'm actually surprised that's that low. I would think that it's because of how relatively easy. Yeah, it I, I be. thought like before ten or twelve weeks, it was almost universally mm-hmm. just a okay. Continue. And in some states, last year, uh, obviously because it was last year, um, the medication abortions accounted for a majority of them mm-hmm. in many uh, in several states. So, and again, we're talking about seventy nine percent of abortions that occur before ten weeks. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of them. So. Getting abortion pills via the mail would help a lot of people who are pregnant but don't want to be um, or didn't have a choice in the matter. It would help a lot of people. Republicans are going to figure out a way to stop it. Yeah. And it's this stupid game of how do we hurt women? And no matter what people do. We make lives for women worse. Yeah. No matter what, like, politicians do to try to help, like, Republicans and their Christian allies will do everything to ruin it. And I, as my favorite thing to share, um, and I like to every so often in case people weren't around for it, that last year I got pregnant and had a miscarriage. I was taking a pregnancy test every single morning because we were trying. When I got my pregnancy test, or when I got the positive test, which I had to take a second one that day. I took one at 9 in the morning that was negative, took one at 2 p.m. that was positive. And I called my doctor and they're like, okay, so you're about four weeks along. So I want to be very clear when we talk about like before 10 weeks is like the moment you're pregnant, you're four weeks fucking pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like it is a bananas way to measure anything. Well, I'm it, it's fine within the context of like the gynecological community, but when the fucking Republicans weaponize that, it's bullshit because it's dishonest. They know it's dishonest or, or they don't. And they're just idiots legislating about women who they know fucking nothing about. That's what Ted when I say women, I always, statement is. I always mean people with uteruses. I'm just trying hard. <laughs> the FDA did a research program last year where they said uh, of the 1,157 abortions through this research program that they were studying, 95% of them got pills from male and... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase this. I'm sorry, I don't want to confuse this. Okay. They did a research program of people getting pills in the mail. Oh, okay. And they said 95% of them over the course of this like four or five year span did not even need a follow-up doctor's visit. Huh. That's how easy it was without wow. complications. Um, and, on, and of the rest of them, most of them were fine with the follow-up visit, maybe some minor complications, which occurs because it's pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, only like 10 instances out of 1,157, wow. 10 instances of serious complications. So as far as safety goes, this is generally that, fine. Is that 0.1%? Uh, don't ask me. No, that you're the math teacher. Math. It's a lower than 1%. Lower than 1%. Okay. So, I mean, again, it should happen. I And on piggybacking on the abortion thing, one last story for you. Um, this is an article that was in the Washington Post this week. 
and it's written by Kate Cohen, who is an atheist and has written some opinion pieces for the Washington Post a few times. Uh, basically, she was responding to the right wing talking point when it comes to abortion, where they say, well, how would you feel if your mother had aborted you? I wouldn't feel anything because that's how it works. Say that again. I wouldn't feel anything because that's how it works. Yeah. And also, the last thing I would want is to find out that my mother carried me to term and raised me out of obligation and not because she wanted a child deeply whom she could give a good life to. I think that would be pretty fucking bad too. And that's what uh, Kate has written here, basically responding to that saying, um, I wouldn't be around to have an opinion on it. So who cares what I, I would mourn every period I get? <laughs> right. Should I, should I, should I throw should. a little tiny funeral every time I get my period? Does that make everybody uncomfortable Republicans? It really does. Yeah. Um, she I hope wrote, it does. she wrote, I know it's obvious. I would have no opinion on it. She said, obvious. I know, but not being is a difficult concept for human beings to grasp, mm-hmm. much less accept. It makes perfect sense that ancient peoples came up with stories to explain, all evidence to the contrary, that we continue to exist even after we don't, and that we somehow existed before we did. Mm -hmm. Um, And she went on to say, human lives, when seen this way, inhabit a strange kind of solidity, even in the abstract. Before they live, even if they never live, these people were meant to be. Mm. And if they do become You're actual, a twinkle in your mother's eye. Yeah. And even if they become actual people, their existence is retroactively deemed inevitable and necessary. Love you know, that. God's will and not just one of a zillion possible combinations of sperm and egg and time and chance. You know what's a funny... <clears throat> um, can I just throw something on top of that pile? Go Let ahead. me add one last quotation from uh, Kate's piece here. If I had to choose between my potential existence and my actual mother's freedom, that's easy. I'd choose my mother's freedom every time. Every time. Um, my mom was um, born as a triplet. Really? Um, but her, uh, she had an identical twin sister and a fraternal brother. Uh, when she was born... The identical sister died. Um, I think the the quarter factor on her neck or something like that. I, don't, I mean, it was like 1955. They barely knew what science was. Um, <laughs> Daddy, you don't need to help science me. Science did not exist no, in they, were, they were like smoking into my grandmother's like, <laughs> hospital room. Yes. Um, uh, but so, so my mom is the youngest. Uh, there is, wait, hold on. Shit, Lillian Anita. Shar, Phyllis, Joe. There was five of them total. Wow. There would have been six with this with this sister. Um, my mom and her sisters are extraordinarily close. Uh, we lost my my one aunt in uh, when I was in college in like 2002, I think. Nope, 2006. Doesn't matter. Um, but all that's to say is I spent a lot of time with this family I did growing up. And there was never a shadow of like, we're missing our long lost sister. There's an empty chair at our table every Christmas where our sister should have been. And that is arguably losing a child in childbirth is extremely different from like a board in an unwanted pregnancy. But still, like, or a miscarriage that is out of your control. That's completely out of your control. God, I don't like sit around thinking like there should be, I mean, I have had those moments of like, there should be a high chair with a six month old or whatever I would have been pregnant with. But like, also I just am living my life and we're all getting on with our lives and it doesn't help anybody to think, well, this family of five of these Italian immigrants was incomplete because they, it's just this idea of there should be as many human beings as there could possibly be is 
strange to me. And I'm not saying it's not sad that my aunt died when she was born. I'm not saying that at all. But like, it's not as if there's a gaping hole left. And ev- that's not fair because there people is, do lose infants and it's obviously devastating. That this, is a different call. Like wanting a child to be born and then it wasn't born yeah, because yes. of a miscarriage, not because of an abortion you chose. Mm-hmm. It's like, I wanted this to happen. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But to say like, our lives have to revolve and your freedom is dependent on making sure this person yeah. that w- should be here, but wasn't yeah. like, it's ridiculous. Um, I just, there's, I think Dawkins has said this before in one of the better books about science where it's mm-hmm. like of all the millions of ways we could not have been born. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, a you're born. That That's a miracle. Are... I'm paraphrasing. He wrote it better, but yes, um, like it's a miracle that we're born. There are a bunch of, possible uh ways we could not have been sure mm-hmm. there's a lot of other people who could have been here in our place we don't know how that would have played out we all mm-hmm. won some biological lottery right and that's it and if you lose the lottery you're not around to find out you lost yeah so this idea that we should feel bad because mm-hmm. it could have been us i agree with you like it's a silly thing to think because i wouldn't be around to have that thought yeah why would I feel bad about that? Yeah, Bill Bryson had a, a similar thing of like how life really shouldn't exist and like how people say, oh, thank God life developed on Earth because that's the only place it could have happened. And Bill Bryson <laughs> is like, life shouldn't have happened on Earth. Like 90% of the planet is uninhabitable for humans. Like go north or south far enough and you're going to freeze or burn to death or live in an ocean. Like, it's just a really funny way of looking at it. Like, we're so lucky. I'm like, I mean, we're not that lucky. We can't live in most of this planet. (laughs) (laughs) And we can't live on the rest of this planet much longer, relatively speaking. I was, as I was reading that piece from Kate, it reminded me of this old David Cross stand-up routine. Was it? Oh, okay. You tell (laughs) me. Where he was basically... uh, I don't know if he made this up. I assume he made it up. But he's like, someone asked me, you know, when you die, do you want to be buried or cremated? I don't care. I'm quoting him now. I don't care because I can't. Um, you fucking do whatever you want, man. I'm dead. Oh, and he goes Cross. on on that where he's like, at least get use out of my body. Quote, give it to a bunch of necrophiliacs or something. <laughs> Let them have a big old circle jerk over me. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to take it personally. I'm not going to be offended. I'm dead. Oh my God. I love David <laughs> Which is Cross. the same idea, which is... He's so smart. I mean, you can make a request for what you hope happens to your body after you die. Mm-hmm. But guess what? If they don't do it, you're not going to be around to like call them out on it. Yeah. Like, do whatever no. you want. Donate it to science. That sounds nice. But if you decide not to, what am I going to do about it? Plant a fucking tree or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm same doing thing, my other body end of the science. Like, somebody might as well get some use out of it, right? Right. Anyway, that's all I got. That's all you have? I know. We've only it, been going for years. Well, we took up 90% of this podcast the talking Duggars. about Jim Bob Duggar. <laughs> um, I haven't even gotten into all the subreddits that do nothing except Duggars, but like all the time, not just when shit happens. Oh my God. I, they're, it's they're a just tracking cinematic them. universe where there's so many characters <laughs> And of course, as these kids grow There's up, be and two hundred of them and, by now, right? Well, yes, and then With they in-laws have and kids? in-laws and kids, and like not all the kids have adhered to the family rules, like. So there's the black sheep of the families, mm. and they have their Who married lives. a black person. And everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> I don't think that's happened yet. Of course it does. Are you fucking kidding? I don't know. Wow. Okay. Well, this was quite an episode. Excuse <sighs> me. Um, Good times. 
Wow. It was a lot. It was a lot. Merry um, Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, I guess. No, we're going to put out one more before Christmas. Um, probably. Who knows what's going to happen. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jess Bloomke. Hammond. Uh, find me at Hammond Meta on Twitter. Uh, you can soon find me at Only Sky. Um, look it up. It'll be a thing soon. And please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast for your Christmas gift giveaway things, I guess. Uh, can I thank uh, Jim, a listener who sent us a, a holiday card? I think it's a... It was a very sweet card. A very... Oh, it's a, a Thanksgiving card. And he wrote a really, really sweet, kind note to yes. him and myself. Um, we've been getting a lot of nice notes lately. Yeah, it's been thank great. Thank you for that. Uh, cool. We'll see you next week. Hope you're all uh, safe. Stay safe. Oh, yeah. Hey, don't forget, we're about to end this and then start our bonus episode. So if you want to hear more from me and Hammett... And It'll gonna... also be about the Duggars. Oh, my God. We're not talking about the Duggars. I swear to fucking God. I'll wait till next week. All right. Goodbye. Bye.